Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Energy Transition, Episode 28. The topic today is sanctions and dissimulations. Good morning, Irina Slav and David Blackmon. Good morning. Good morning. Please, let me show some data about Venezuela. Uh, as an example only, please, uh, let me share my screen. Uh-huh. Can you see the screen here? Yes. Yep. Yeah. It's interesting to see that uh, Venezuela from 1997 to 2020, the production came from 3 million barrels a day, a little bit more, to almost 700,000 barrels a day. So a decline, very strong decline, very huge one. And another point is important to say that the U.S. Uh, let any Repsol uh, to ship Venezuela oil to Europe for that. And Venezuela said that uh, they want to receive refined products from Italy and Spain in exchange of its crude. So, uh, David, please let me put here my... Yep. A difficult game. No, David? What do you think about that? Very difficult, very difficult. Yeah, uh, Venezuela said on Friday, well, they cut off exports on Friday, halted exports to get the deal uh, you talked about there. You know, they're no longer interested in trading crude for debt relief. Um, and now they want refined products from Italy and Spain. Uh, why? Because uh, Venezuela's refining sector has been so decimated that it can no longer supply the population's you know, diminishing needs for refined products. Let's face it, their their economy is has been in a situation of almost total collapse for what three or four years now, um, due to the policies of the Maduro government and uh, the irrational nationalization of the the oil industry that that he implemented a few years ago. You know, uh, uh, denying his country all of the international investment from from all companies in other countries that had at one time before Hugo Chavez took power, made Venezuela one of the major international oil powers uh, on earth. And, and, you know, I mean, Venezuela, at least supposedly, theoretically, uh, has more oil reserves in the ground than any country other than potentially the United States and maybe Saudi Arabia. And yet their, their total production, is, as you just showed, is, is around 700,000 barrels of oil per day. Some of that's due to U.S. sanctions. Most of it is not, though. Most of it's due to inter, internal policies. And, and unfortunately, Europe was wanting to rely on those Venezuelan oil imports to, to help you know, replace what they're they're losing due to the sanctions on Russia. So it's a really bad situation. 
But David, another point: uh, uh, the the oil that uh, Venezuela has is a uh, uh, heavy oil, and uh, very complicated to produce without technology and systems. And when the American companies left uh, the the country, the technology technology they do, they do not have to to make this production uh, available. Well, that's right, and and unfortunately, you know, um, one thing the Maduro government has done is really decimate. Uh, the pool of talent uh, available to the National Oil Company there, PDVSA. And, uh, you know, I was at Shell 15 years ago, and we had, during that time, uh, partnerships, uh, joint ventures in Venezuela with PDVSA. It was a wonderful group of people to deal with, very talented, really brilliant people. And uh, unfortunately, most of them have, you know, found other opportunities to pursue rather than work for the Maduro thugs. And, and, and this is a result. And it's just one of so many factors that have, have resulted in this uh, undersupplied global market uh, where last month I uh, saw a report this morning that said OPEC plus had undershot its quotas by 2.9 million barrels of oil per day during, uh, during July. So it, you know, it's a, it's a terrible situation all around. Yeah. Irina, uh, please, uh, sanctions and losses for all directions, no? Uh, yes, I have been saying, and I'm not the only one, that sanctions don't really seem to achieve the, uh, the goals they set out to achieve. I mean, Maduro is still in power in Venezuela, and uh, hardliners won the elections in Iran. And... Uh, I would readily argue that if it weren't for sanctions, I'm not so sure about Venezuela, but in Iran, Iran was going on a reform path. You know, uh, their previous president was uh, a moderate. But when you've got sanctions by another country imposed on you, people tend to, uh, you know, to to get more dissimulate. Dissimulate. Yeah, and well, we're seeing the opposite of the desired effect. And uh, as regards the situation with oil exports from Venezuela and from Iran, from any country really, um, Europe right now is in the position of, I'm sorry to say, a junkie. It's entirely at the mercy of its dealers, which means that the dealers can call the shots. Whatever the dealer says happens because Europe has no leverage in this situation. And as we can see, Venezuela has taken advantage of the situation asking for um, refined products because it needs refined products because of what David said. Its refining industry is in shambles and it also needs, as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, David, but uh, they need fuels to dilute their heavy crude in order to make it exportable. Right. And even with U.S. sanctions on Venezuela, Venezuela can get its way now. While you're doing that, I, I, I would just, you know, also point out that uh, the sanctions discussion that she was having there, um, uh, you know, it, it, it is really a terrible situation for Europe because Europe has no energy security because of their own decisions related to energy policy. They have no energy security whatsoever. As Arena said, no leverage in this situation with Venezuela. 
And the other country that they were hoping to lean on for additional imports of oil is Iran. And Iran can only do that if it ultimately reaches this nuclear deal with the United States and Russia and, and the other countries involved in that. And, and so it, 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 the situation's become so desperate because of the sanctions they've put on Russia related to this war uh, that, that they're having to rely on two of the most unreliable countries on earth for, for the, this, this crude oil to come into their continent. But anyway, go ahead, Arena. We, we lost you there in the middle of your discussion. Yes, yeah, and let, yeah, let me add in. Uh, do, you, do you think that uh, sanctions are effective? I mean, uh, the results are good for the world and, and the, the countries that are applying the sanctions? Well, I, I, I don't see this working. I mean, apart from the U.S. making a point that it can <laughs> curb or eliminate, almost eliminate uh, oil experts from certain countries. But the point was to, you know, to choke the Maduro regime or the Iranian uh, regime. This is not happening. Like I said, Maduro is still in power. Uh, the Iranian hardliners have... Uh, come back to power uh, and neither Venezuela nor Iran are becoming more democratic countries and their oil is still flowing abroad at much reduced rates Right. and China is benefiting from the whole thing. Think yeah, China's benefiting greatly. There was a, a really good story at Reuters over the week, or maybe it was Bloomberg, uh, talking about the fact that, that China's uh, imports from Russia were up another 8% in July, and it's 40% more than a year ago. And they're getting it all at a reduced price because Russia is offering reduced prices. And, and so, yeah, China's benefiting, India's benefiting. And um, meanwhile, who's suffering? The people in Europe people. Are, are suffering. And sure. the people in Venezuela and the people in Iran. Right, right. The they are suffering. are not helping them. Yeah, 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 and they're not achieving the goals they were set to achieve. Right, and they they almost never do. I mean, that you, you look exactly. at the history of these kinds yeah. of sanctions, they almost yeah. never achieve their desired effect. And yeah, but the United States government sadly uh, continues to go down there to do that. Yeah, Irina, and in the case of minerals and and uh, air, uh, rare earth, uh, I mean, China is dominating the process. Is it possible to have some kind of sanctions for them? <laughs> that, that would be that would be really interesting to see. Uh, you know, the U.S. leveling sanctions on China uh, for whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are reasons good enough for for the U.S. State Department to um, <laughs> to propose sanctions, but. Uh, China has really cornered the market in rare earths uh, processing and not just rare earths processing. Uh, lithium processing is, uh, again, mostly done in uh, in China. So I, I, I really don't see this happening, which is why I think the U.S. is, um, uh, you know, threatening China with action, but is not taking any actual punitive action uh, against right. China, whatever China does. Because they know this will be uh, the end of uh, the world as we know it. And I don't mean an all-out war. I mean that 
China has really done its homework and it's uh, it's made uh, itself indispensable for the transition that the current US government and uh, European governments are so uh, you know so eager to to take us on well and and when you really think about it Armando when you look at the situation the United States is in uh, related to these critical minerals where China's concerned. It's exactly the same situation Europe was in with Russia on oil and natural gas before this war in Ukraine began. The United States government, the Biden administration, and the Democratic majorities in both houses of our Congress are focused on this energy transition and trying to subsidize it into existence with all this trillions of dollars in new debt spending. And but to achieve it, they have to have plentiful supplies of all those energy minerals. Uh, lithium being a prime example. I wrote about vanadium last week, antimony, cobalt, tungsten, copper, silver, aluminum, you name it. China dominates the market in it. And the supply chains all go through China virtually. And, and so it's, it's a, it, the U.S. doesn't have any leverage over China where these minerals are concerned. And that was a conscious choice our country made in the 1980s when we just decided because of our social agenda to stop mining for those minerals in the United yeah, States, yeah, stop approving exactly. new mines. So that's where we are. We have no energy security where they're concerned. While you, you are uh, talking, I put in the screen the quantity of minerals that uh, oh, yeah. are processing. Yeah. It's impressive how they dominate this thing. Yeah. And it wasn't just the United States that made that decision. It was Europe as well, Canada. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the whole developed Western world made that decision in the 1980s that China wants to dominate that market. And we're going to let them do it because it's a lot cheaper to source those minerals through that supply chain. If we could uh, count the number of countries that has sanctions uh, among countries, how, how many of them we have? How many countries have sanctions? More than, I don't know. Uh, what a great question. I, I'm going to have to research that. I don't, I don't know, Arena, do you? Uh, well, if we're talking about oil sanctions, well, Venezuela, Iran, and, uh, and Russia, it's plenty, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right, that's right. I mean, those are the only ones I'm aware of on crude oil. Uh, but on, on other things, you know, there, I mean, the United States and through the UN as well, uh, there are a lot of sanction regimes happening and uh, I'm going to, I'm going to research. I'll, I'll have that answer next week. <laughs> yeah. Good. Excellent. Okay. People was a great conversation. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. It's a pleasure. You'll have a great week. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.